Welcome to Make It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. Each episode will have an inspiring guest tell their story of overcoming obstacles, never settling, and making it happen. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. So grab a coffee. Hope you enjoy the pod. Let's go. Okay, so we are live. Welcome to Making It Happen. My name is Tom Dalton. I'm delighted to say we are on episode number 36. It's actually the first one I've done in 2021. So we can say this, call this season two or whatever you want to call it. But um, we're delighted to be back. And I'm actually super looking forward to this podcast myself. I'm actually joined by a close personal colleague, uh, Dan McCaffrey. So I'm not going to do his introduction any justice because his story is going to be the main thing now. Dan is the founder of No Limit Fitness and Strength. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. When I say this guy has helped thousands of people and clients on their fitness and I suppose personal journey. So we're really going to delve into that today on this episode. So Dan, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, buddy? Hey Tom, thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited, just like you. I've uh, been looking forward to it for the last couple of days. I think it's going to be a good, uh, a good forty-five minutes. Just you know, having a chat, conversation, and uh, sharing, sharing anything that I can to help your listeners. Obviously. Absolutely brilliant. And Dan, if, if people don't know you and we were to go back, we can obviously hear a bit of an accent there. Will you just talk to us a little bit about growing up and childhood and what that was like? Yeah, I'm from Belfast. Obviously, you know, there was the troubles were on back then when I was growing up, but it was, it was more the tail end of it. I didn't really get in sucked into any of the any of the things that my parents may have been sucked into. Obviously, I was a bit older than them in terms of years. Um, so Belfast has been great for me. I love it. I really do enjoy it. Um, some people, you know, can't wait to get far enough away from it. Um, I'm the opposite. I really love love Belfast love everything about it I love the people uh, I love the the way they're always just like forthright talking conversational and there's no fluff they just say it how it is and and that's the way it is um, but I, I honestly I had a great childhood you hear some of these stories on podcasts about you know the doom and gloom of childhood and you know adopted fostered maybe didn't have you know a great background I, I was the complete opposite. I had a, a great, a great upbringing. My parents were always there, giving me everything that I needed. And I honestly think, you know, some people contribute and would, would recognize me as a hard worker and a good work ethic and, you know, have good drive mentally, physically. Um, and I honestly think it comes from my upbringing with my parents who were always hard working and they always sort of, I had us out working, I think we're like 13 or 14. <laughs> Um, and Dan, Dan, if we if we move if we come forward to that, so it's 13, 14, um, where did the business side of things come from? Were you always looking to go out on your own or was it get a steady job? What what did that look like for you? Yeah, honestly, I always wanted to be a, a PE teacher. Uh, I had an interest in you know physical education. I always thought it would be good. And part of me, part of me was intrigued by the you know the the teacher, the teacher lifestyle of having like you know, two months off at summer and all the, all the holidays. So I was heavily influenced um, in the physical education side of things. Um, academically, I would say I didn't really apply myself. I, I left school with two, GS, two GCSEs, um, one in French and one in PE. Um, 
so that, that was my aspirations. I, I then went back to college. I did all the stuff that I should have did in, when I was in school. And I got myself over to university in Preston. And that's where I was making the transition from, I was like going to do the PGCE to be a teacher. And then I was going to fulfill my sort of, my dream at the time of being a PE teacher. And let's just say Preston, the university threw a spanner in the works for me. And I soon realized that I maybe didn't want to be a PE teacher. And I sort of fell into fitness. I, I fell into having a gym. It was sort of all by accident, um, which was, uh, yeah, it's a story in itself. Um, and Dan, just like talk to me about that. So, so teaching obviously didn't go to plan. Uh, you came home from Preston or were you still over that side? And I suppose fitness and your journey, where did that start? Yeah, so I, I finished. I finished my. I finished my degree in, in Preston, and then I came back, and that was this sort of summer transition where I was supposed to go back and do the the PGCE. Um, and in the meantime, my my sister and my wife. She wasn't my wife at the time, but my girlfriend at the time. Uh, they were training with this this guy up in a community center, or they were doing kettlebells. Kettlebells were just sort of like coming into vogue you know there were thing everybody was doing and this guy this guy amazed me he had like 50 or 60 people all in a big hall like doing all like kettlebells probably you know all wrong who knows but uh i remember coming home at christmas time and my sister told me that she was so happy that she went from a it was either a two kilo kettlebell the a four or a 40, a six, it was something, it was something like that. And instantly I got angry. I was like, what? I was like, I trained, but I wasn't a personal trainer or a fitness coach. I was just, I was like, what? Like a four kilo, I was like, my granny could lift a four kilo. Like, you know, what's going on? So me being naive and a bit arrogant, I was like, I could do better. And so I went back to Preston and did a fitness instructor's course in England. Um, and then I told my sister and my wife, I says, when I get back from press and I'm going to coach you over the summer and, you know, we're going to make great progress. And I helped my sister lose 58 pounds in, I think it was six months. And then it just, it just naturally happened. You know, then her friends were like, wow, like, how do you get into that? And then that's how it really started. So I always say I fell into fitness by accident because it wasn't really a dream of mine to have a gym or be a personal trainer. And Dan, at that point, were you like, when you were helping your sister and uh, your girlfriend at the time, were you like, I can make a few quid out of this or I need to get a location or I just want to start training clients? What what was that like? Yeah, honestly, I still didn't really believe, if I'm totally honest, that I could make a career from it. I, I, I was still like, you know, looking for other jobs. I had a job in a bar at the time when I came back from Preston and I started working in a leisure center as a pool attendant. And so I had them on the side and I, I was just sort of facilitating training really, just, you know, charging like silly money. Like when I started doing group sizes, it was like £2.50 per head, you know, and just really going for mass and numbers. So I still didn't really believe or know what I wanted at that stage. And I just kept, it just grew. And a, a great story that I like to tell people is 
it wasn't a success straight away. Although I had success with my sister, and um, there was ups and downs. There was, there was turbulent moments. You know, I was I was getting time off to take fitness sessions, and there was two people showing up, and I was really you know pissing me off. And I was like, oh, what am I doing here? Like this is pointless. And I was getting really frustrated and angry at clients because you know they weren't doing what I was wanting them to do, and they weren't getting the results. So. And I I became a bit sort of disillusioned with it as I was going and I had these different jobs were giving me an income. I was like, I don't don't know whether I want to do this. And then I I remember it clear as day. I was coming back from a community center. I just took time off the leisure center. I was driving down the road with my wife, my fiance at the time in the car and two people showed up. And I, I took three hours off Elijah Center to go and, and take this session and two people showed up one of them was my wife our fiance at the time and one of my, one was my cousin and I just I felt so annoyed so angry I was like all this work I'm putting in and you know nobody was turning up and nobody was showing up they all promising you know they were going to come and they never did and I remember driving down it's like a mile mile sort of road with all these bumps and I remember driving down with all the equipment in the boot of the car and just saying to my wife like I'm done I'm finished like I'm not I'm not doing this I'm not giving up my time anymore for people I was you know so ungrateful like I'm putting in all this work yeah they're not coming and my wife goes when they come do you enjoy it and I was like I love it like, I love the feeling. I love the energy. I love the atmosphere. I love the music. I love having a bit of banter, a bit of crack. And she just says, well, why would you give it up? She, yeah. says, she says, I don't like my job, but I do it to get money. I says, when you do this, you enjoy it. And that moment always sticks with me. And I'm like, wow. So she was willing to support me when I was willing to give it all up. And all of a sudden, it's just like the universe connected. I don't know what happened. Like from that moment, it just started to click and we were getting, you know, 15 people, 20 people at sessions and it just snowballed. And then I still, 2014, it was about three years later, um, an opportunity came up for a, for a unit, for a gym. And it was just by chance I seen it. I was driving past and seen a two let sign. At that point, at that point, I will honestly say, I had no intention of opening a gym. I was happy to do the community centers, like going, you know, place to place, making a few pounds. This opportunity just came up and I thought, I'll go check it out. And I went down and there was there was cars in it. It was old mechanic shard, there was cars in it, brake pads, like oil spilled all over the walls. And I remember sending my wife a, a video, because we hadn't even discussed it. We hadn't yeah. had the conversation. I sent my wife a video on my best friend at the time. I was like, this is it. This is the gym. And both of them were like, what the, I don't know if you can curse here. But oh, you can curse. Yeah, you can curse. They're like, what the fuck? I was like, this is the new gym. <laughs> two, week, two weeks later, um, two weeks later, we were open with no electric. And we had to use car lights to, <laughs> to, um, to give us some light in the place. But, it was, a, it was the first time I realized about the power of the community. Uh, we had 
all the people from the little centers that I was running sessions come down and help us paint. Uh, they made barbecues. They, they made, you know, they had brought down sandwiches and food and, and different things. And the amazing thing was, I never asked for anything to come. Yeah. And that, that was for me, that was the moment where I realized that this is way more powerful than I ever thought. And that's when I started talking. In 2014, I started talking about community, about culture, about all these different things. Now it's just a tagline that people say. You know, it's just like, you just have to say it. But back then, it was that moment that, that's where I realized, like, we can build something really special here. Without- I, think, I think, Dan, there's great points now. Just what I take away from it is I think now, especially with social media, we just, we flick on or we see an image and someone's gym is full or they're training hundreds of clients and it just happened overnight. I think it's great to hear how start and you build a community and you have your down days. But just on that, Dan, when I suppose you opened your gym and you got your first facility, was there anyone advising you or did you have to turn on your business hat there or did you look for a mentor or anything at that stage? When I, when I opened the gym, in 2014, no. Um, I was just, probably like most people, I was just winging it. Yeah. I had no concept of business. I had no concept of cash flow. No concept of marketing. And no, no concept of retention. Like, how do you keep clients? Like, anything. It was just literally like, I, and I started doing challenges. Like, little 21-day, 30-day challenges. And again, solely by accident, like I, I just, people says, listen, we, we would like to, you know, lose a bit of weight for a holiday. And I was like, oh, great. You know, we have this 30 day thing. <laughs> and it, it wasn't until, it wasn't until 2016 that I, that I invested in my, in my first, my first coach, um, a guy called Beatrice Cullion. And he really, he really introduced me into, marketing selling and service like how you actually tie them all together and keep like keep people as well but before that like we were just again i i use the term like i think we just became a success by accident like through culture community you know building relationships with people but i really didn't have a clue what what i was even building until I had my first coach and mentor, they showed me, oh, this is how you build a sustainable business. Yeah. And Dan, just on that, like, and I think service is everything. People were obviously coming back because it was an amazing experience and service. But just, I know, I can imagine some of the listeners maybe thinking, oh, I'm looking to invest in a coach or business or whatever their business might be. I know when I did that originally, I kept telling myself a story going, I can't afford it, I can't afford it. Why would I pay someone else? What was that like for you? Scary. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my, first, my first coach was $1,800 a month. And at the time, honestly, my gym was bringing in about $1,500 a month. Yeah. I paid for it on a credit card. It was £250 student credit card that I still had. <laughs> and so I paid the deposit on a student credit card and was trying to figure out like how I would uh, how I would make this this first payment. And what was amazing was like I trusted the process. I, I did what I was asked to do, 
because I, I was looking at a mentor, maybe you're the same, Tom, but just the fast forward you're learning and cut out all the failures. So, you know, the, the failures that you have along the way, like if you can pay someone a sum of money to cut that out, to cut out the failure, cut out the lessons and just learn from the, the best strategies, the things that actually work, that's always worth the time and the money investment to me. Obviously, at the time, I didn't think like that. I was, you know, I just thought it sounded like something that I needed to do and um, to grow, to grow my business. And what was amazing was the the first thirty days we were in that program, my revenue like two two and a half times what wow. it was the previous month. Wow! So I like to think that I had a really good learning curve from that. I was like, well, the power of mentorship is that, you know, the investment made my business grow double, two and a half times what it is. Whereas I think if that didn't happen the first month, I may have been a bit more like, hmm, don't know if this program's for me or I don't know if it's working. So I think the instant success for me was like, it was the moment where I was like, boom, and I haven't stopped investing since. Yeah. And Dan, just on that, if we were to fast forward again and any of the listeners, let's talk pre-COVID and gym being open and stuff like that. Like, I know you've got a cafe. Tell the good listeners where you're at now and what your gym was like pre-COVID. Yeah, so at, at the minute, we have around 212, 213 members and uh, different people on challenges and different things. Uh, Pre-COVID, we were, we were about 240 um before COVID happened and we had massive plans for the year just like many people did i'm sure you know we were even for the 300 member base and uh, we were you know aiming to take over we were going to introduce semi-private training we were going to do all these you know cool things pre-covid but like anything we just needed to be adapt and as soon as you know COVID happened honestly i felt a sense of fear myself Mm. Even though I've had all these mentors and coaches in the past, I have to admit there was a day or two where I definitely, I definitely took my eye off the ball and went into that sort of insecure, insecure headspace. Like, why is this happening to me? No playing the victim. Um, but as I say, I was lucky enough that the coaching I've had, it was, it was only a short period. It was, a, it was a very short time I went into that. And then within two days, we had launched our online program launched the challenge for members to keep them all engaged. And I'm pretty proud to say during the whole COVID pandemic, our retention was, you know, incredible. Like we were talking like six to 8% and throughout the first lockdown, which for me is, you know, I'm super proud of that. Our team really stepped up and helped people in that sort of time of need. And that's the way I started to look at it. Um, I did a lot of free challenges too to try to get you know people engaged in different things. But looking back, looking back again in hindsight, it was probably the wrong thing because we took on too much work. And yeah. Uh, you know, at times we were on calls with people most of the day, doing onboarding calls and different things, and we probably just gave up too much time. We probably had two hundred people through through challenges throughout COVID, and it was if I was to do it again, I, I probably wouldn't have did. I probably wouldn't do it. It yeah. Just, it too much. And Dan, just on that, we're obviously talking about success. And I know being a business owner, sole trader, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it, I often try to ask my guests, 
is there anything you don't like about business? Yeah, paying, paying tax. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, um, I think the thing for me, I, I don't know what, what it's like down south, but yeah, we have this thing called VAT. Uh, once, once you get over a certain, a certain threshold of income, and you have to pay 20% on all your sales. And that was probably the hardest thing for me to accept because I was already paying tax and I was already paying these different things. And it was probably the one thing that I, I felt hit our business, you know, massively, like every quarter you're paying between seven and nine grand VAT that I thought was mine. You know, if that's my money, like why are these people taking that? And so that I would have to say that was, now I just think of it as like, listen, it, it's something we have to do um, and whatever. The other thing I don't like about business is all the admin small, the small shit that I, I really don't have no interest in. I'm all for, you know, having conversations with people, communicating, high-fiving, hugging, like, you know, writing workouts, making things fun. But anything with our, our booking app, even replying to emails, I'm pretty woeful. I, I just don't like the admin stuff. Um, I, I, nah, I'll never enjoy it. And Dan, just on that, like um, when you talk about team and I suppose having people around you and team members are not no limit fitness, for you, what does like success mean for you? Success for me is really having a having a sustainable business that supports and works around my lifestyle instead of you know making the lifestyle work around your success but in her I, I like to think that a success also comes as part of a team and i like to see my team my coaches succeed so i i help them with outside business themselves so they can actually you know thrive and make a difference and make a bigger impact in the, in the world because, you know, they, they'll be able to do that more if I help them rather than sort of restrict them. So success is not only me, it's, it's the people around me. Like I like to see them succeed. And that gives me a sense of success because I, I, I've helped in some way. Yeah. And Dan, on that, is there any, for any listeners, is there any habits or takeaways that you do maybe daily or weekly that, anyone from any background, maybe you mentioned it to your clients that helps them just maybe have better outlook or a better week. Yeah. I think like I, I journal every morning and every evening. And I, I know some people think it's, you know, that woo woo, whatever, but I have a coach and um, that works with me, Paul Mort, or I work with him. Sorry. Um, and you have a journal, a 90 day journal. You get a new one every 90 days. And it's your intention for the day. How do you the feeling you want to create today? And you know, people who you're going to follow up with, all these different type of things. And um, what's like the number one priority? So that for me is massive. Now, if I'm being totally honest, do I do it every single day? No, like I miss, you know, a day or two here or there. But if I can stay consistent as much as possible with that, it really sets me up for my day and it really helps me feel a sense of accomplishment at the end of at the end of the day. And I definitely think people should start, you know, reading more. It doesn't need to be personal development. They could just, you know, I think especially for people like us in fitness, it's like, you know, storytelling skills and stuff like that. Just reading books in general, I think is massive and it helps um, people unwind as well. 
Absolutely. And I, I 100% agree with the journaling. I, I, have, um, I have the five minute journal I, I try and do daily. And just for me, it gives me a bit of a brain dump. Whatever's on my mind, just getting it down on a piece of paper. And I'm a very, very visual person. So it helps me. Um, so just, Dan, I'm going to run through some of the questions I asked some of the guests, kind of like on most of the podcast. Uh, is there any lessons or what would be one of the biggest lessons you've learned in life or business so far throughout your journey? Honestly, self-belief, like having, having, the, having the ability to believe in yourself and trust that you're making the choice that is right at the time instead of second-guessing and, you know, going back and forth with yourself. Should I do this? Should I not? Should I? Um, I think self-belief is, is, is massive, and it's probably something that I struggle with for the first, you know, three to four years of business when I was a gym owner, I sort of was comparing myself to other people. And, you know, I was writing art for other trainers to try to impress them, to show how knowledgeable I was. Uh, And now it's not that I don't care about other trainers. It's like, they are not my, they're not who I'm trying to help. You know, so it's having that self-belief and trust in yourself and know what your message is so powerful that you can actually get it out there and help a ton of people rather than thinking, what if someone doesn't like this? Yeah, I think that comparison is a big trap. I know when I definitely got into the fitness game, oh, I was trying to worry about what other people are doing, what they're putting up on social media. I need to do that, X, Y, and Z. And I even found at the time, I, I'm a big on networking and reaching out to people and maybe asking for help or asking a question. And at the time, like five or six years ago, like people just tell you now or fuck off or never get back to you. And I actually, it's funny. I had to reach out to a lot of people in the UK and in London and stuff like that. And they were very helpful. But um, I don't know if things have changed now. But yeah, I totally agree with, um, I suppose, having that self-belief and not caring what other people think and focusing on yourself. Um, when I say the word regrets, Dan, does that come into you, your life or do you have regrets or what's your thought process on that? Honestly, only I wouldn't say it's a regret. I would say it's more of a lesson, um, because I think I think at the time my heart was in the right place and, and my mind was in the right place, but I just think I got it wrong and fucked it up. And when my when my first child, my my son Keelan was born, I tried to do too much. I, I tried to you know get the business to a perfect optimal position for me to be able to you know, step out and let other people work for me and, and different things. And it hardly it stressed me out, gave me more anxiety than anything. And it actually made me overwork. So I didn't see my son in his probably his most precious years where he was, you know, starting to walk and, and doing different things because I was out of the house so much. And, you know, I, a sense of guilt sometimes and that I wasn't there for my wife when she probably needed me, you know, more than, more than anything. So, but uh, like, I don't think I regret it. I think it's just a very harsh lesson that I need to learn from. And my, my daughter, Lucy, like she's got way more of my time. So, you know, it's a, a positive way to look at it is like, yes, I learned from that. And now I'm here for the both of them rather than just, so I hope that helps answer. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's great to have that perspective. And as you say, I actually, I just took note of it myself. It's if we can take any of our failings or whatever regrets or as lessons and use them. Um, I think that's the biggest thing going forward. Um, when we talk about going forward and maybe a personal side, it's probably a double uh, question. Business for no limits, 
what's next life after COVID what what do you see happening yeah honestly I think there's going to be I think there's going to be a massive drive in fitness you know people to get back in they're they've been stuck in the house and listen like Zoom's been great for us you know we've we've got a lot of members sticking by it and they don't love it they don't like sing from the rooftops they love the convenience of it they love they're able to still do something but they like when the gym opens tomorrow they'll be straight back do you know what I mean like it's so, so I, I think there will be a sort of a mini, a mini boom once you know lockdown restrictions go and there, there's a bit you know there's a bit of a drive to get people in. But I have to say I think it will be a mini boom. Okay. I, I mean there'll be a, there'll be an influx of people looking to get back into gyms and facilities. Uh, but I think the industry as a whole will. I think it, it won't be, it will be a fact that long-term in terms of, I think a lot of people start to drop prices and try to compete and price and different things and it'll become more of a commodity. So that's why No Limits Fitness, we're going to step up our game and actually increase our price and become more of a, an industry leader so that we can actually, you know, we're not going to compete on price. We know what we do. We know we do it really well. And we know we excel at it, so we're not going to get caught into that that sort of you know space. And then for me personally, I'm I'm doing more coaching, as in facilitating coaching online, empowering people, you know, helping them have breakthrough moments. I already started it with retreats, but now I want to bring it to uh, an actual package, as in like you know, 12, 16 weeks, 20 weeks, uh, solely online, where fitness and nutrition will be such a small component of it. And it'll be more mindset driven and helping people overcome their struggles and identify why, you know, they're feeling why they're not, why they're not, you know, becoming a success and why they've constantly failed to lose weight for the last 15 years. And mm. um, so I'm really excited by that. I think that's going to be a great transition for me personally, as I've sort of, you know, identified my own sort of struggles and, and help people through them. So yeah, that's where we're at. Cool. It sounds exciting, man. And I, I really like the, the, you mentioned about pricing. I, I often found you pay cheap, you pay twice. That's what I do believe sometimes. And I think it's hard, but I think it's great being a, pre, a premium product and having that self-belief in your product and people will pay for that. So I totally agree with that. Um, just a quick, a few quick fire questions, Dan, I'm going to fire at you that we fire at most of our guests. Um, when it comes to advice, what would be one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given? Is there anything that stands out to you? It's probably along the lines of what you just said there around price. Like, don't don't let yourself be sucked into the, the price war. You charge what you're worth. Know your value. Yeah, know your value. I like it. I like it. Um. Dan, if you could have a meal with five people, dead or alive, who would it be around the table? Interesting. Uh, Roy Keane would definitely be in there. Okay. Alex Ferguson. I don't know if we'd get the two of them in the same room, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jay Ferrugia, one of my coaches that I, I worked under. Um, Luca Hosefar and... The fifth one would probably be my dad. Nice. Nice. That's a good list. It's um I always talk to people after the podcast and they always regret not putting a family member in there. So <laughs> yeah. good good shout on that side. And 
I know, Dan, you're big on reading and journaling and stuff like that. For any of the listeners, is there any books or podcast recommendations that have helped you or stick out to you? Yeah. Uh, um, if you want a gym, there's Alex Morsey's book, Gym Love Secrets, which is great. I, I mentored under him as well. He has a great podcast called The Game, um, The Game of Business, which, which I think is fascinating. Um, Jay Ferrugia, as I mentioned, he has a podcast. Uh, Beatrice Coulian, one of my first mentors, he has a book called Man Up, great book, and he also has a podcast. And that would be my three to help people just get off because if you give them 20 podcasts, then yeah, they're not going to listen to them. But the, them three are great. I really recommend the, the game by Alex Morrissey, the, the, the business one, it's really, really good. Yeah, and books, then Dan, what books stand out here? What books, like, have you gone back to you love over the years? Funny enough, Blue Fishing, <laughs> we had a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know, uh, John Berardi's book, Changemaker, okay. was very insightful for me. And How to Win Friends and Influence People. Dale Carnegie, the classic. Yeah, it, it, it's a book that, honestly, I tell myself every year I have to read it again. And I maybe don't do it every year, but you know, I'll, I'll hear someone mention it and I'll go... I should I should read that again. I should get on that. Um, I think it's quite good in audio as well. Yeah, brilliant. And Dan, listen, where can people stay connected with you or find more about you or your online stuff? Yeah, so uh, you can find me just on Facebook, my name, Dan McCaffrey. Um, or you can find us on our business page, No Limits Fitness, on Facebook. And on Instagram, it's No Limits Fitness Strength with underscore each, each word. And um, yeah, that's where you would find most of our work. Um, we're, we're in a sort of funny period at the minute where I'm running, I'm running two different businesses. So Dan McCaffrey is all my mindset, empowerment, you know, polarizing content, call people out. And then No Limits Fitness is all directed at my clients at the gym, who is very, it's very focused on goal setting, you know, nutrition, fitness, stuff like that. And Instagram is a bit of a mix of both. I haven't really figured Instagram out yet, so yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, Dan, I just want to say thanks so much for your time and sharing your story. It's been an absolute pleasure, buddy. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, mate. And, you know, you've, you've been doing great things and uh, you're something I definitely look up to as well. So I appreciate the time um, inviting me on and stuff. So I really do. Thank you. Cheers, my man.